Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Welcome to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through topics like pleasure, beauty, embodiment, femininity, art, somatic healing, mindfulness, and of course, everyday sensuality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic I am so excited to dive into because today we are looking at the art of a well-curated mindset. And mindset training is something that I resisted for a really long time because it seemed exhausting to me. (laughs) It seemed exhausting to have to be constantly thinking positive thoughts. And I didn't even know that I wanted to be thinking positive thoughts all the time because it didn't seem to me like the full human experience. And in a few years of studying mindset training and finding some techniques and methods that have really worked for me, I really see the value of mindset training, and I'm excited to share some of those jewels with you today. Today, we're going to talk about tending the garden of your mind and understanding the difference between the unconscious, the subconscious, and the conscious mind. We're going to talk about tools and tips for working with your thoughts in a way that feels embodied and resonant with your full humanity not just an override to jump over negativity to positivity. And we're going to talk about planting quality seeds of thought that lead to quality, fulfilling actions. But before we jump into our episode, I want to share a testimonial with you about my coaching. And the reason I want to share this is because a big part of my coaching is rewiring our thoughts and looking at our mindset as a tool to get the mind, the body, the heart, the pelvis, all of these systems of intelligence operating on the same frequency. So this comes from Maya. Embodied intelligence coaching was what my head-centric life needed. I was feeling blocked and my head and body were not in sync. 
my creativity kept getting hijacked by self-doubt and discomfort. Mary helped me unlock what was holding me back and gave me tools to be empowered by the information my body was sending. Now, my creative juices are flowing freely. My joy rises from every cell in my body, not just from my thoughts. Words are insufficient for how life-changing this coaching was. Oh, Maya, I'm in love with you. (laughs) It was such an honor to coach you, and I am so grateful for this reflection of the work that we created together. And so if this testimonial concept experience resonates and pings a certain bell inside of your body and your system of intelligence, the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Program will be opening again in August. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to join the waitlist and to receive special perks that are only available to waitlist members. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching today. Tending the garden of your mind. So the mind is incredibly powerful. It goes without saying. What the mind really does and is there for is Well, a number of different things. I won't go into a full explanation of that because we'd be here for multiple days. But something I find really interesting about the mind is that the mind is here to serve the subconscious. So I like to think about my mind as being this enthusiastic puppy that when my subconscious throws a bone, it's going to go fetch. The mind, one of the functions of the mind is to provide evidence of what we tell it. So for example, if I say to myself, I'm unlovable, the mind will gather evidence to prove that true. If I say to myself, I am a wonderfully robust, diverse, valuable human, the mind will go and find evidence for that truth. And one of the things I find really empowering about mindset is understanding the three minds according to Freudian theory. And so you might be familiar with this. I'm going to kind of breeze through it. There's a lot we could say about this, but I think you'll find it really empowering too to learn about the unconscious, the subconscious, and the conscious mind. And so in Freudian theory, there is this impulsive, unconscious part of our psyche called the id, I-D, And the id is the part of our system that responds immediately to our basic urges, needs, and desires. So the id is kind of the consciousness that's on board when you have a newborn baby. All that baby knows is its hunger and its need for touch and its thirst and its awareness of discomfort that it doesn't even understand yet. The id is that impulsive part of ourselves that needs to be satisfied immediately, no matter what the consequences are. And when it's satisfied, we experience pleasure or relief. And when it's denied, we experience discomfort or tension. And so this is kind of our most primal survival aspect of the mind consciousness. The second is what Freud would call the ego. And this is the part of our consciousness which has been modified 
by the external world. So a good example of this is like, I remember going to school and learning that there were times where I could pee and times where I couldn't pee, you know, times where I had to ask for a hall pass or ask someone to take me to the bathroom. There is time for snack and there is time for not snack. And so this is where the id or the unconscious mind, that primal part, begins to become shaped and adapt to the needs of the external world and the influence of the external world. And then the third aspect is what Freud would call the superego. And this is the part of our consciousness that includes values and morals of society. It develops around our age of three to five. And it's that imprint of psychological development of what we need in order to belong and in order to get love. So let's say when you were a little kid, you wanted to be an artist, but your parents' dreams and aspirations for you were to be an accountant. And you grow up and you become an accountant and you are wildly dissatisfied and have dreams about going to Italy on an art retreat. That would be a good example of the superego that is seeking that love and belonging and acceptance by overriding this deeper, more truthful consciousness. And so I find all of that really empowering to understand. And this is kind of taking us outside of Freudian theory, but what I notice is that when I see all of those aspects of self, that there is a fourth aspect that I notice inside myself that I like to call the mindful adult, the sacred witness, the part of myself that can watch the demands of the id or the needs of the ego or the rationalizations of the superego and stay connected to what's happening in present time and what's happening inside rather than simply respond to all these stimulus from the outside. And when it comes to training our mindset and curating our mindset, Ultimately, this is what we are seeking to achieve, is a deeper relationship with this part of ourself that is not victim to the unconscious mind, and that can connect with a part of the subconscious that is rooted in safety and that is rooted in self-reliance rather than being dominated by ideas of scarcity and the need for control. And so some of the mindset tools that I want to share with you, the first has to do with what I just mentioned, which is, you know, when it comes to mindset, I personally find that training my mindset is kind of useless, and in some cases, even more damaging, unless it is backed up with a practice of mindfulness. I think of mindfulness as the soil, mindset as the seeds. In mindfulness, in yogic philosophy, there is this idea of chitta, which is mind chatter. And some would say that yoga is the opposite of that chitta, where it's the freedom from that experience. And so if mindfulness, if this grounded mindful adult is not there and is not connected to 
our mindset is most often going to be coming from a place of ego. And an example of that is if you've ever pursued a goal or a desire and you work your ass off and you are just obsessed with this outcome and you can't be present until you get the outcome and then the outcome arrives and you don't feel a thing. You know, maybe you feel some light sensations of celebration or satisfaction, but it doesn't land in your body the way you imagined it. And that's a classic example of when the ego mind, and another way of seeing the ego mind is just that fearful conditioned mind that thinks that it needs to achieve or control in order to prove its worthiness and feel satisfaction, is in the lead. And mindfulness, what mindfulness allows us to cultivate is an experience of satisfaction and the ability to be intimate with our body, the sensations of our body, the thoughts that are a product of the sensations of the body, without any conditions on them, where they don't have to change, they don't have to prove anything, they don't have to perform, they can just simply be as they are. And we can begin to draw from this deeper well of consciousness and this deeper state of being that can access satisfaction and fulfillment no matter what is happening in the chaos of the surface. I like to think of mindfulness as sinking below like an anchor or a mermaid below the chaos of the waves on the surface down into those stiller, deeper, more quiet waters down below. And so mindfulness can be achieved in a number of different ways. I actually created a podcast called The Art of Feminine Mindfulness, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes, all about ways to access this mindfulness, either through traditional seated meditation, if that's something that really works for you, or introducing some other ways to bring that sacred pause into your life. The second mindset tool is when you do encounter thoughts of fear and scarcity and self-doubt, is to add one simple word on the end, and that word is and, A-N-D. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're coming up against a pattern that you just keep repeating, and that just keeps squeezing you in its clutches and you think to yourself god what is wrong with me why do i keep repeating this i'm such an idiot i'm so insecure i'll never heal blah da, 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 da. i would never have thoughts like that no i'm just kidding i have thoughts like that all the time and so when i come up against that in myself of like i can't believe this is still going on I'll add to it, and I have made improvements. I can see that even though this is still going on, it is changing. It is shifting, even if it's just a tablespoon of growth. I can't believe this is still going on, and there is support for me in the world around changing this. And I know that if I stay committed to it and embodied in it, It will change eventually. I have faith in that. And so adding a suffix onto these sentences, it's like we don't have to get rid of these sentences that are just a product of being in a human body and a human mind, but we can edit them and add to them a more empowering truth. 
The third tool is something I call cancel, cancel. And this is something that was taught to me from a friend. So when you're in this state of fight, flight, or freeze, this survival brain, our brain is often showing us the worst case scenario in order to once again try to help us and try to provide evidence for what we think. So recently when I was going through a difficult time, every time I would look at my dog Winnie, I would think she's going to die. You know, I'm going through such a hard time and then Winnie's going to die. Or I would think about my mom. She's going to die. And who knows? That might happen. But in this moment, both of them are still alive and well. And so when I have that thought or that vision, what I tell my mind is cancel, cancel, not putting that out into the universe. I'm not letting that thought go any further. It might come up again in five seconds, but in this moment, I'm putting a wedge in the wheel, cancel, cancel. And it's just a way of telling the mind and the subconscious, this is what I'm thinking. This isn't what I want. This isn't the reality. And I'm going to interrupt this. It's almost like if there's a child throwing things and hurting other children, you can come over, hey, you can tantrum, but we're not going to throw things. Cancel, cancel. And the final jewel around mindset that I want to share with you is planting quality seeds in your subconscious. So when thoughts like, I'm not enough, I don't have enough, there isn't enough, are running the show, all sorts of stress responses will come on board. And if you're feeling, if you're noticing feelings of discontent, restlessness, irritation, things like that, what I really encourage you to do is write down what are some of the thoughts that are creating these feelings. And then taking a moment, taking a pause, and perhaps imagining if these aren't true, which I'm going to say 100% of the time, they are not true. Because that fearful mind, once again, is going to show us the worst case scenario about ourselves, about our lives, about our environment. And truth is relative. It's equally as true that you're not enough that it is you are enough. And so if I was enough, and if there was enough in the world, and if I did have enough, what kind of thoughts would I be thinking? What kind of actions would I take if I believed that? If that were true about me, what kind of feelings would I be feeling? And then once you have those feelings, like as I do that in my own body right now, I notice like when I think I am enough as I am, any little nerve endings that are gripping and clenching all of a sudden just unfurl and set down. And so I feel the sensation of relaxation and like, oh, okay, my body can take up the space that it needs and that it deserves. And when my body can take up the space it needs and deserves and I'm more relaxed, what are the actions I want to take? How do I want to show up? So for my next call, I get to show up as a whole human, not a human seeking validation of my existence to feel like enough. This is just one tiny example of how planting quality seeds and interrupting that process of thought leading to feeling can teach our brain and tell our brain how to bring us different evidence. So if this information was useful to you, 
I would so love the opportunity to share more about it with you in Embodied Intelligence Coaching. Once again, you can head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to learn more. And thank you so much for listening. See you next time. For more coaching classes and community in the art of sensual living, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free course on how to reduce anxiety and increase your natural confidence through powerful embodied body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to get instant access to the course today.